It's the Americhips with Kim Monson. Now, while this is all going on, I went through President Trump's speech and uh, Chuck and Nancy's rebuttal. The most important story. The American people finally said enough, and that is why they elected Donald Trump. The latest in politics and world affairs. It's almost unbelievable that Trump has extricated the U.S. from the Iran nuclear deal. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Because ideas matter. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Hey, welcome. I am Kim Munson with the Americhicks. Be sure and check out my website, americhicks.com. Sign up for my emails. I'll keep you apprised of all the upcoming guest topics and important events. And I am the Americhicks on Facebook and Twitter as well, offering a conservatarian perspective. And we have quite a show planned today. I tell you what, there's all kinds of news out there. Thrilled to have in studio with me a marvelous millennial, Cassie George. Welcome. Hello. It's good to be here. And uh, you are the producer and one of the co-hosts on Rush to Reason in the afternoon here on KLZ 560. I am, yes. Three hours of radio in the afternoon. That's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I'm looking at what you have here. I mean, this is four pages of notes, and this is fabulous, and... You know, I think sometimes we get on air at 3.07 and we go, what are we going to talk about? Okay, but there's, right. al- there's always we'll plenty. figure it out. You know? <laughs> there's always plenty to talk about. So, yes. Cassie, it's so great to have you in studio here. And uh, in the third and fourth segment, we will be talking with Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, we're going to get an update. She had her oral uh, court arguments, I think, at the end of January regarding the DOJ, uh, Department of Justice, and the FBI that they were spying on her computers. And so I can't wait to get an update to hear what she has to say about that. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fascinating. Yeah, we'll have to see if this is a, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton type spying or, you know. It's going to be interesting. Be and interesting. bless her for doing this. You know, she's she's uh, basically has a GoFundMe to pay for the legal costs on that. So bless her for doing that. It's, it's awesome. So, But a couple of things. Uh, as many of you know, I am partnering with uh, Dr. Tom Cranawitter and his team over at Speakeasy Ideas to bring you Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth. What could be better than yeah, that? It's better. And, uh, a little cheese, but... There's, and there is some cheese. There's some great food, too. And, uh, yeah, Jen over at Water's Edge Winery and uh, Demetrius, her chef, my gosh, they're just putting together... Uh, you know, great palette of things to eat there as well. Mm-hmm. But we're meeting the fourth Monday of each month. So the next Vino and Veritas will be Monday, February 25th, 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, the bad news is it is sold out. The good news is, is you can get on the wait list and we are, are going to be addressing demand. I don't quite know what that's going to look like yet, but we will be addressing demand. People are just, I mean, it's so exciting, Cassie. People mm-hmm. are hungry to learn. And yeah. I, I find it, I, I find it really um you know, good for the heart right now because I think we're so concerned about all these things that are going on in America. But I see Americans stepping up. They they want to know why do we believe what we believe, mm-hmm. and then I think they're going to put it into action. Yeah, I think that's the only good thing that's coming from this new era of identity politics is that people are going, wait a minute, why did I believe that, and why do I think that, and you know, should I challenge that? Right. So, yeah, that that's for sure. So it's going to be it's going to be awesome. You know, in Veritas. Email me, Kim, at Americhicks.com. We'll make sure that we get you on the wait list. And thrilled, our, our presenting sponsor last month was Harmony Ridge Construction. And uh, they just do a beautiful job. So with any of your your uh, residential construction needs, if you, uh, you know, remodel or, or building a house, 
reach out to them. They do a fabulous job. And then the presenting sponsor for this month is Susan Kochevar with 88 Drive-In Theater. And Cassie, um, you know what? Spring's right around the corner. She's going to be opening in March. I've been to the 88 Drive-In. It is a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. It's a great time. Yeah. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so thrilled. Thank you to Harmony Ridge Construct- Construction as well as Susan Kochevar with 88 Drive-In Theater. Uh, next thing, if you guys run into somebody that is doing a great job, um, cheerful, striving for excellence, let me know. We want to start to share those stories. Uh, so be sure and email me, Kim at AmeriChicks.com, if you have somebody that does a great job. And I have a joke for you, Cassie. All right, let's okay. hear it. Well, we're going to be talking about socialism today. So former Venezuelan dictator Maduro was driving through Caracas in a limousine when he sees a long queue of people outside of a food store. He tells his chauffeur, uh, chauffeur to stop and ask them how long they've been standing there. Six hours, the people reply. Well, that's dreadful, said Maduro. I'll have to do something. And an hour later, a huge truck arrives outside the shop and delivers 200 chairs. <laughs> but a boom. And, yeah. and that, that's socialism. Let's make it comfortable to be miserable. The, yep. <laughs> well said. You are a marvelous yeah. lady. You know what? Hey, um... You think your uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners are interesting? I've got to think it's going to be fascinating. You know, Jeff Bezos apparently mm-hmm. has been having an affair with Lauren Sanchez. Amazon CEO, yeah. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. right. And apparently some pictures uh, landed in the hands of the National Enquirer. And uh, apparently, um, I, I can't believe it, but... Um, uh, Jeff Bezos was taking pictures of his private parts and then mm-hmm. texting them. Yeah. For, for, I mean, we're, <laughs> really? We're not shocked, but you know, if there's it's anything. It's like, don't do that. Anything that someone who owns Amazon should know is that everything is tracked, everything is I documented. I know. So I'd say, don't do that. But he did do that. And so apparently, Lauren Sanchez's brother is the one that released these pictures to the National Enquirer. I'm just thinking that maybe Thanksgiving dinner, Christmas dinner is going to be real interesting at at their house now. I mean, I'm thinking 4th of July, maybe next weekend. (laughs) 4th of July, there probably (laughs) are Probably all of it. (laughs) I tell you. So anyway, Mm -hmm. I I thought that was the most interesting. Uh, Next thing, border wall. It looks Mm -hmm. like... uh, that uh, Congress is getting to a point where they think they have a deal. President Trump says he's not really excited about it. It has, I think, about $1.3, $1.4 billion in it for for a wall. He was asking for 5.7. Which was only part of it. I believe the overall cost was $25 billion. So he was only asking for $5 billion to get started, which when you look at it in terms of the overall total budget of the year, it's like... 50 bucks. It, yeah, it's not yeah, that much. Yeah, no, it's no, it's not. And and I think what people forget is that if it really wasn't a big deal, you know, if the Democrats were just kind of like, well, you know, whatever, it's his campaign promise. If they really didn't have any other motivation behind it, what's the big what's the big deal? Well, okay, it, put it up, tear it down next time. Like, you know, well, it's a big it, it's the real ideological ideological yeah. question um, for America, whether or not we're going to be a sovereign nation or if we're going to have open borders. And that's what the real question is. So I think it's a big success that there's $1.4 mm-hmm. billion in this deal for the wall because Nancy Pelosi said there wasn't going to be any. Yeah. So I think Trump should take the deal. Yeah. Does take he take this, it? Or, yeah. yeah, take this and then build on that. Yeah, do you take it or do you risk another shutdown? I mean, I think if he can't get some of the wall done 
while he's president, I mean, that's really going to hurt him in 2020. Yeah. So uh, I think he should take the deal. I know there's a lot of folks out there that say no, but I think he should take this. You know, maybe tomorrow then he'll uh, issue a national emergency and figure out a way to finish it. Yeah, to finish the rest of it. Yeah, who knows? But I think it's a real success that there's some money in there. So good, great on that. Uh, Let's see. Next thing. Oh, last night, Cassie... Uh, I went and testified at Tri-County Health regarding this uh, House Bill 191032. Now, again, for our listeners, the way that you can figure out these numbers on these House bills and Senate bills is uh, House bill is HB, Senate bill is SB, and then they'll have the year, mm-hmm. 19. And then so this is came, came out of the House originally. So it's House Bill 191032, and this is this uh, sex education bill. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently, uh, Dr., I think it's John Douglas, who is the executive director of Tri-County Health, Mm -hmm. uh, in those counties, let me just uh, find it here, that would be Adams, Arapahoe, and Douglas counties. And he testified regarding 1032, and uh, he said he was speaking on behalf of Tri-County and also CALFO, which is the Colorado Association of Local Public Health Officials a statewide organization representing 53 local public health agencies who together serve all of Colorado's 64 counties. And so he testified in favor of 1032. But interestingly enough, he really had not talked to the three counties Mm. that he said he was speaking on behalf of. Yeah, representing. And uh, and, and, uh, not... The counties are not totally all in on this 1032. And so interestingly enough, there uh, was some public comment. I, I made public comments last night. And um, what I found astounding, I've read the bill, is that, and I asked for the curriculum. And let me just read the actual language here. It says, this bill, this bill clarifies content requirements for public schools that offer comprehensive human sexuality education and prohibits instruction from explicitly or implicitly teaching or endorsing religious ideology or sectarian tenets. It uh, prohibits using shame-based or stigmatizing language or instructional tools. It uh, prohibits employing gender norms or gender stereotypes. So that'd be like boy, boy, you know, boy, girl, you know. Yeah, basically, yeah, you can't. You know, tell someone, oh, you're a boy or, oh, you're a girl. No, you can't do any of that. And um, you can't teach abstinence. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That can only be a a small part of it. Mm -hmm. And then also it prohibits excluding the relational or sexual experiences of lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender individuals. This is within the first uh, two paragraphs of the bill summary for House Bill 1032. Mm-hmm. Um, people are really concerned about this because um, teaching sexual health, te- teaching about sex is really something that should be done in the family. And uh, here you've got a school district that is, is going to be pushing a, a particular worldview. Um, and not just a school district. This would actually be all here in Colorado. It also would force charter schools to mm-hmm. do this as well. Yeah. And so this is force. This is taking away the freedom, Cassie, for families to be able to, um, you know, talk about these these important issues. And so it was very troubling that Dr. Douglas uh, testified in favor of this and and implied that he was speaking on behalf of all these organizations, and he wasn't. Yeah, no, he definitely should have double checked. 
on that one. Um, no, it's it's appalling when you look at it. When you really read it, it's it's disgusting. I mean, the fact that you know, this goes beyond this isn't just you know oh we're teaching biology. You know, biology is one thing. You're pushing a certain idea. You're pushing this on, and I believe this goes down to like little kids. It does. I think right now it's like fifth and sixth grade is kind of when they do. This starts in fourth grade. Yeah, However, fourth grade. it talks about in kindergarten mm-hmm. that they'll be, they'll be talking about healthy relationships. And so who defines what that healthy relationship is? Yeah. Do you want the government defining what that is? Uh, no. I don't think so. And, and when people are like, oh, well, the government isn't, you know, they're not really trying to like control your kids. Well, I think they are right now because they're kind of, they're taking that away from the parents, first of all. And parents need to wake up and go, wait a minute. Why is the school telling my kid about, you know, the most intimate thing you can do with a person? We're going to let a school tell my kid how to do that, you know, and what to do and who they should like and who they shouldn't like. I mean, that that's preposterous. Like, you're a parent. You need to take control of your kid and you should be the one teaching your kids that. Well, that's for sure. And yesterday, Steve and I were doing a little bit of research because, you know, the Denver teachers mm-hmm. uh, have been out on strike. Yeah, they, they- made me late yesterday. I was kind of mad. Oh, did they make you late? They oh. were all downtown, and they're like in the middle of the street. <laughs> so like you're not making by. anyone be on your side when you're making us all late. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, the graduation rate is right around sixty-five percent. The on-time graduation rate is mm. is about sixty-five percent uh, at uh, in the Denver school district. Uh, I, I think that's appalling, and I think maybe they should be teaching kids how to read, write, do arithmetic, be able to run a household, do bookkeeping, all of yeah, those kinds of tech. things. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. So, but let, hey, let's go to break. I want to talk a little bit more about this House Bill ten thirty two. Uh, in this next segment, segment three and four, we will be talking with uh, Cheryl Ackeson regarding her oral court arguments uh, regarding the DOJ and the mm-hmm. FBI that, that uh, were spying on her. But before we do that, I wanted to just give a shout out to Hooters Restaurants. Uh, my story with Hooters Restaurants is really a story of uh, liberty, free markets, and the conservatarian principle. It stems from a time when I served on city council in Lone Tree. And so if you're interested in learning more about the story, email me at kimandamerichicks.com and I'll I'll explain just just what happened. It was really a fascinating uh, situation. The other thing is I love sports, Cassie, Mm -hmm. and, you know, people working, being their best, competing, winning. Winning or losing. Winning or (laughs) losing. And Hooters Restaurants is my sports headquarters. And and now it's time to focus on the Nuggets and the Avs, and March Madness Mm -hmm. is right around the corner. I'm a KU basketball fan. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. And uh, um, so Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Hooters have great specials, $10 for a draft and 10 bonus wings. And Hooters wings can fly, Cassie. Uh, You can have them delivered right to your front door. And tonight I'm going to have the girls over and I will have Hooters deliver new, uh, those new smoked wings. They're delicious, half the calories. So order Hooters wings to go or have them delivered right to your front door. More information, visit HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the Americhicks. So we will be right back. We have a marvelous millennial in studio with us, Cassie George. And third and fourth segment, we'll talk with Cheryl Atkinson. So we'll be right back. All Americhicks sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the Americhicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Dan Predovich and his team at Predovich & Company help your business plan ahead financially. The AmeriChicks with Kim Munson highly recommends Predovich & Company as your financial business consultant. 
Predovich and Company will take care of your tax preparation, bookkeeping, and business advisory services. Dan Predovich and his team want to learn about the unique needs of your business through real, honest dialogue. Because of their advanced technological capabilities, Predovich and Company can help clients anywhere in the United States. Call 303-791-3000 to start preparing now for tax season. Organize your business finances with Predovich and Company. Call 303-791-3000 today. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. And that is where I am on Facebook and Twitter as well. What a show we have planned today. I am so thrilled to have in studio with with me a producer, co-host of Rush to Reason, Cassie George, a marvelous millennial. Thank you. It's great to have you here. So Yeah, a lot of people said I couldn't get up this early. <laughs> Steve. Steve. <laughs> I'm, out, <clears throat> I'm outnumbered gender-wise, and I'm also outclassed. I would <laughs> offer up that she is the glue that holds that crew together. <laughs> because... Hey, hey Dan Muir, if you're guys. listening, did, did you hear that, Dan Muir? Did you hear yeah. that? Yeah. He's Dan normally listening in the morning. In? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great to have you here. Hey, uh, we want to talk some more about 1032, but you had a very interesting mm-hmm. point regarding the Denver teachers. Yeah, which you had brought up that their graduation rate is about 65%, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, in my mind, it makes sense, like, for them, for the, you know, you know whoever's in, you know, whether in charge of... You know, this budget that supposedly they all want when really they should be mad at the union, but they're all mad at us for not paying them more. But, um, you know, really what they should do is, you know, can they give them an incentive to say, okay, well, why don't you make your graduation rate 80 percent, 85 percent, you know, then we'll give you a raise instead of here. You've got it barely above half. And granted, I mean, it's it is DPS like, yeah, there's some, you know, rough neighborhoods or some rough schools like, yeah, okay, but. You know, here they're saying, oh, well we, well, we kind of graduate them, but, you know, give us a raise anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, I would submit to you that no matter what the neighborhood is, that you can actually have kids, mm-hmm. you know, strive for excellence. Because yeah. there was a really, no, there was a, a charter school that was in the same building as a public school in, Dem- or in, excuse me, in New York, in Harlem. And so same kids, same demographics, the same everything. And the charter school, you know, had kids that were, I think their graduation rate was, you know, almost, almost 100%. Yeah. Uh, you know, the kids were proficient in, you know, the things, you know, math, mm-hmm. science, um, English, you know, the things they needed to, to be learning. And in the same building, mm-hmm. the public school weren't, was not having the, the same results at all. But Cassie, you, you bring up an interesting point because I read a Denver Post editorial, I think it was yesterday, it was published maybe two days ago, where they said it's not about pay Mm -hmm. because uh, on the table is an 11% increase in pay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Plus, I think over the next three years, additional money and uh, streamlining a bit of administration, which, you know, that that's a big cost. It's ballooned so much. Huge. Um, and we were talking the other day on Rush to Reason about, you know, why why do the, you know, janitors and the people cutting the grass and, like, everybody is being paid through that district. Right. Everyone. And it's like, why why do you need that? You know, like, I mean, you can contract out so much of that and save so much money, but... Yeah, that's a, well, that's, that's a good point. point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because because all of that, you know, then you have your paracost and all. Yep. All, um, but in essence, this is not about pay, really, because that's a pretty healthy pay increase. Uh, what this is about is bonuses, and that is paying bonuses um, 
uh, to people that are maybe in like math or science where there's not as many teachers in those particular curriculums or in these schools that may be challenging where you you would pay teachers more that go into those Mm -hmm. schools and do those jobs. So it's more about bonuses, people doing a job well Mm -hmm. uh, and, and paying them more for doing that. And so what you've seen with these these unions, these public sector unions, and mm-hmm. FDR, who was a, mm-hmm. a you know a big progressive, said, yeah. you know that we should never really have uh, unionized public employees. Um, but so what happens is is you get to mediocrity, and yeah. the, then you look at the results here: sixty five percent graduating yeah, and on time. Mediocre. <laughs> it's mediocre. We can do better. Oh no, it totally can do better. Yeah, we can do better. So anyway, I thought that was a great point. And just you just inherently you said, how about if you do a better job, you get paid more? I mean, yeah, I mean yeah. no offense. That's what the rest of the world has to do. That's what so. happens. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's for sure. That's what happens with the rest of us. So I want to go back to 1032, though, mm-hmm. yesterday. This was fascinating. There was probably they said that they were going to let five people testify but i bet there were probably oh, maybe 10 to 15 people there to testify so i i did end up uh, making mm-hmm. comments and interestingly enough cassie uh one of the board members started to challenge me mm-hmm. on what was in the bill and i'm i'm like but i i read the bill it's it's You're right like i have it right here it's right here i read the it's bill. highlighted i can see it yeah. <laughs> i read i read the bill and so I I requested two things. First thing, Dr. Douglas had referred to a study, I think it was called a Healthy Kids study, Mm. where he was citing statistics regarding LGTB youth. And I I want you to know, I I love all all children. I care Mm -hmm. immensely about all children. But what we have here is a worldview that I think we're putting questions in kids' minds at very vulnerable ages. They don't really need. And, And... and so anyway, I asked for uh, that particular study because mm-hmm. I'd like to see, you know, how many kids did they survey? What did the questions look like? Because I've seen this with progressive radical activists is they will do studies to get the answers that they want so that then they can laud them out when they go in and do testimony or whatever. So I asked for that. So hopefully I'll be mm-hmm. getting that. The other thing I asked for is the curriculum. <laughs> and they said... We don't have the curriculum. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling, you're telling me that we are passing legislation to put forward a curriculum and we don't have a curriculum? Now, I would think that the people at Tri-County Health and the people on that board it, would have that curriculum. And, they, and so uh, one of the women said, well, the, the State Board of Education is going to create that. And I, I don't think so. And I said, who is going to create that? They didn't know. Yeah. But I think they do know. I think that they do know, but they would not tell me. They won't and, say. and so um, we as parents need to be really concerned because they're saying that there's no curriculum. And I think, again, it's a kind of a smoke and mirrors, pat us on the head mm-hmm. and we're going to go away. And then yeah. that curriculum will be pushed down on our children mm-hmm. and they think that we will forget. But we can't forget because our children are at risk here. No. And I mean, you've probably talked to, you know, have you talked to a nine year old or an eight year old? You know, if you if you. I mean, kids are so, I mean, they're kind of malleable and they, you know, they change to their environment. And, you know, if you go up to, I mean, I have little siblings. Okay. I don't know if you know this. I have 10 siblings, actually. I didn't know that. uh, So where do do you fall in the fifth? Okay. So my youngest sibling is 10. So she's still young. But just knowing them when they're young, you could convince a kid that 
they're little, literally anything. I mean, you could, you could do anything. So you could go up to a little kid and you could, well, do you feel like you're a boy? Well, yeah, sometimes I like to play with trucks. Oh, so you think you're a boy? Well, yeah, I think it'd be really fun. You know, blah, blah, blah. Like, this, is, this child is not making a critical decision that they want to learn about LGBT terms. Right. Like, I mean, that's ridiculous if they think that that's truly what they're doing. So when you're talking about these studies, like, yeah, of course they're flawed. I mean, you're talking to someone, I mean, if you're studying little children, like, they have no... I mean, reasoning, they don't, they're not mature adults that are, you know, going, yes, here's my life experience and I'm going to make a decision and I want to learn about this. You know, you are so right, though, when you said that kids are malleable. Yeah. And that is exactly what is going on here. Now, they, they kind of hide here and yeah, say... they're using it. Yeah, they say mm-hmm. that, well, parents could opt out. First mm-hmm. of all, did you bring all the papers home? Did your, Well, if, you've, if there's 10 kids in your family, there's no way that your mom could have gone through all 10 backpacks to see what came home from school. Well, we were homeschooled, so <laughs> <laughs> she didn't have to. But she, I mean, she was on top of our homework, though. Like, I mean, we did have homework, and, you know, she, I mean, she's a teacher, so she kind of had to know, but... Well, and to that point, I, I really think that we need to reassess education here in Colorado mm-hmm. and whether or not you're going to chil- send your children to public school. Uh, I think one of the things that we need to start to do is to vote with our dollars. Mm-hmm. And that means that you start to pull your kids out of these public schools uh, that are pushing this kind of stuff. Because, um, you know, these kinds of this worldview can can affect people for their whole lives. And uh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm really encouraged, though. Because a lot of people are showing up saying, not on my watch. Yeah, I heard that like 300 people showed up at the Capitol to testify. And and here's the thing. It it goes back to the border wall even. Like, if there wasn't any agenda, if there wasn't any, you know, motivation behind what they're trying to do, why would it matter? Why Uh, wouldn't they just go, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll just leave it to the parents then. If there wasn't some agenda there that they're trying to push. I mean, people really need to start thinking about that. Why do they want these types of things to pass so much? Good question. You're not only a marvelous millennial, you are a wise millennial. So, hey, Cassie George, we've got Jason McBride on the line with us. Jason McBride, it was a crazy day in the market yesterday. It was up quite a bit, yes? Yeah, it was one of those crazy good days. Uh, The Dow was up over 300 points. Now, a lot of this was on kind of relief about the uh, shutdown being averted. And uh, I'm kind of with you, Kim. I'm listening to this deal and... I'm kind of going, ah, it doesn't really sound like we got a whole lot. And it sounds like the Democrats kind of threw in this stuff about reducing the beds and then, you know, negotiated on something that wasn't in there before. I don't know. It feels like to me we're taking it in the shorts again a little bit. Well, but, you know, it seems to me, Jason, that it makes some sense to... To take, you know, the $1.4 billion that's being offered because Nancy Pelosi said there'd be nothing. So in a way, I think that there's some real success. You know, with Donald Trump, I don't think that he takes no as an answer. So I don't think this would be final. I think he'd be back saying, okay, you know, let's do round two. Um, yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm with you. I hope he takes the money and then declares a national emergency the next day anyway. Well, I it think sh- that'd be great. So well, what do you think the market's going to say today? Well, looks like we're at least going to be up here early. Um, I'm still looking at it. It's it's come up an awful lot very, very quickly on most of the indexes. Um, yesterday was encouraging, but I, I still think there could be a little bit of resistance. Uh, a lot of stocks that were way down if, if people had the guts to buy when they were cheap. I mean, you might have... 
15, 20, 25, 30% gains here. And it never hurts to take a little bit of profit off the table, build a little bit of dry powder so you're ready for the next uh, amazing opportunity that might come along. Okay. Well, if people would like another set of eyes on their nest egg, uh, they can contact you and the great guys and gals over at Presidential Wealth Management. And we have our own uh, landing page with you. It's chickspresidential.com. That's chickspresidential.com, and the phone number is 303-694-1600. That's 303-694-1600. Jason, thanks so much. We will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, have a good show, guys. Okay, thanks so much. So, Cassie, George, great to have you in studio here. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we will be talking with uh, Cheryl Atkinson regarding what happened during her oral arguments uh, about the FBI and the Department of Justice when they were spying on her. So we will be right back. Work with mortgage professionals who will give you quick and accurate financial advice. Home Mortgage Alliance has the knowledge and expertise to explore the many financial options available to you. The mortgage process can be stressful, and as interest rates rise, it's more important than ever to get pre-qualified now so you're ready to buy. Call Kim Sturtz and Mark Cook with Home Mortgage Alliance to make sure that you're making the right financial choice for you and your family. 303-888-2732. Kim and Mark will remain available to you 24-7 to help you through the process. Choose the only mortgage professionals recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call Kim and Mark with Home Mortgage Alliance today. 303-888-2732. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best with well-priced, made-to-measure clothes that fit a busy lady's lifestyle. Gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks. I'm Kim Munson. Have in studio with me a marvelous millennial, Cassie George. It's great having you, you here. Uh, be sure and check out my website, AmeriChicks.com. And I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. We are dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation offering a conservatarian perspective. We've got the on the line with us Cheryl Atkinson. Cheryl, hold on for just a minute. I need to do two things. First of all, late-breaking Wall Street Journal just reported that Trump is expected to sign a border security deal that would pe- keep the government open past Friday. So it looks like he's going to sign that. And then secondly, after the show, I'm going to head down to um, Sassafras Restaurant, and then we'll go over and testify regarding these low-emission vehicle and zero-emission vehicle uh, executive orders uh, that Governor Hickenlooper and Polis put in, which basically will increase the cost of a new vehicle for everyday hardworking Coloradoans anywhere from 2000 to $6,000. So uh, if you'd like to join us, 7.30 Sassafras Restaurant over on East Colfax, and uh, I will get there as soon as possible. So let's jump in here. Cheryl Ackeson, welcome. It is great to have you back with the AmeriChicks and Kim Munson. Thank you for having me. And uh, Cassie George, we have a marvelous millennial in studio with us. And uh, she's like, I'm not sure I really am familiar with this whole story. So can you set this up for Cassie, please? Um, you're talking about the lawsuit yeah. for the computer intrusion? Exactly. I'm sorry. Yes. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so, some years ago, around 2013, when working at CBS News, 
really maybe even 2012, some sources came to me in the intel community and suggested I was likely being monitored because of the reporting work that I was doing. And it sounded crazy because at the time we didn't know the government was doing just that to other journalists. But long story short, I had multiple forensic exams conducted that confirmed a long-term monitoring effort with government software, monitoring every keystroke, obtaining access to my passwords, getting access to the CBS news system, and somebody even planted classified documents. Sorry about my voice this morning. Planted classified documents in my computer as well. And so all of those were done by someone with government IP addresses and access. Well, and Cheryl, somebody said that they thought that you were at your computer one time and that your, the cursor was moving and you weren't moving your cursor. Is that true? Yes. After all of this initial work, with a separate computer than the ones that are at issue in the lawsuit, um, yes, indeed, I was able to record and grab my camera when this happened, my phone, and there was deletion basically high-speed deletion of work that I was doing in real time. And it was told to me by my forensics experts that that remote access was done just in a way to send me a message, probably, to let me know that they could do that and that they were watching what I was doing. What went through your mind at that time? I mean, as you're telling me this, I have a little knot in my stomach. What? I mean, that's pretty scary. It, it is in one sense, but... I tried to use it as motivational because Mm. the other choice is to get really freaked out and motivated. And I thought to myself, at least we had evidence in hand, which I really wouldn't have thought we could get. When when people first suggested this happened, I I really didn't think there'd be any way to prove it. But the forensics, I'm told, are really as good as a fingerprint in some respects, especially the presence of government IP addresses in the computer where it shouldn't have been and where it doesn't belong. That's excellent evidence. So I used that to push forward and basically um, motivate myself to find out more. I had some support, not from press groups and civil rights groups, ironically, but from a very liberal uh, attorney who said this is really one of the worst violations of a private citizen he'd ever seen. So he helped me pursue this in, in a court of law. We're now on appeal because the government has claimed special immunity to government officials from civil lawsuits, which they do have. But we are arguing that this fits under an exception and that there are other reasons why our case is important. Wow. Okay. Now, one thing I I neglected to mention, that you are the host of Sinclair Sunday's TV program, Full Measure. Uh, And so you're, I mean, this is an important story that we're talking about. But at this point, you're doing a whole lot of different things. If people go to your website, I mean, there is all kinds of of information there about different uh, issues. And so you are the host of Sinclair Sunday's TV program, Full Measure. So let's go ahead and continue on with this then. Because uh, you had oral arguments uh, regarding this particular case with the DOJ and the FBI. I think that that was at the end of January. What happened? The government had time to argue why my case, now in its fourth year, it kind of sat there for about three years. It should not continue. One of the arguments, as I mentioned, is government officials have immunity. They also argued that because I haven't been able to identify the name of the John Doe federal agent that's suing John Doe's at this point, 
who did the intrusion that the case should come to an end. And we argued, how could we possibly have the names when we had virtually no time for discovery and every subpoena we sent to the government to learn information and get documents was met by a legal objection on their part. We got not a single paper from them in the short time we had for discovery. So they're arguing because we, because they didn't give, this is our view, they didn't give us the information we would need to get the names. They're saying because we don't have the names, the case shouldn't continue. We, of course, are arguing we had no chance to get the names. And there are three judges that listened to this appeal. One seemed like he totally got that. He sort of argued the point, gee, this was done surreptitiously. How would she be able to have the name if you don't give them to her? <laughs> Another asked a lot of tough questions and seemed to think, you know, that we should have the names through the short discovery that we had. And then one didn't speak much, but we'll, they'll vote, and I guess in the near future tell us what they think, and we either appeal or we go back to the trial court. And the, the, the government, if it appeals, can also, I'm sorry, if it loses, can also appeal. And the government, of course, has unlimited tax money to fight this. I mean, that's the strategy, that the winning strategy in most cases for government. They win most of their cases because who really has the money um, and the time and the effort and the energy to go through what they put you through, they make sure it's not easy. Well, and so you have a GoFundMe, don't you, for your legal costs, or you have a, a place where people can actually help you out with those legal costs? I do. If anyone's interested, it's GoFundMe at Atkinson Fourth Amendment Litigation Fund that uh, some lawyers and advocates started when that there were no press groups or civil rights groups that have stepped in to assist. So I appreciate that very much. Okay. And then at this point, let's mention a couple of your books as well. Your your latest one, is that Smear? Is that right? Yes, that's the latest one. And then the earlier one, sort of a sequel, I consider it, to Stonewall. Okay. So uh, fascinating reading on that as well. Now, you know, Cheryl, let's, what were you reporting on? that you think got the uh, FBI and the Department of Justice uh, their attention? And this would be, let's see, the FBI under, under Comey. Is this Comey's FBI that was spying on you? It was. Uh, it started prior to that, so it would have started at least under Mueller and then continued under Comey. Um, you mean the Mueller? To... The Mueller of the Mueller investigation? The Mueller. <laughs> <laughs> My. This is sort of a different topic that you didn't specifically ask about, but I thought it might be interesting to hear. I think my case is part of a larger surveillance scandal. It's not that important in the big scheme of things, except I think that it reflects the government was doing this to politicians, to journalists. And if Mueller is part of an investigation, it is actually, it could be argued, um, misdirecting attention to Russia, which Donald Trump may have actually been, say, framed allegedly by some intel officials on the Russia to make it look like he had done certain things in Russia, and leak, you know, the intel community leaked and tried to undermine him. If Mueller is investigating that aspect to, in the big picture perhaps, cover for misdirect improprieties by our intelligence community in a bigger sense over many years, then he's sort of a conflicted figure. And I think that argument can be made, but nobody has really made it. So, yes, Mueller was FBI director at the time. And um, I was covering all kinds of stories. Mostly I do non-political reporting. Mm. But if you want to make reporting political in any sense, you could say, 
you know, Fast and Furious. I was covering that at the time. No one knew that was going to go all the way to the White House. You know, I certainly didn't when I started covering it, but that was a very sensitive issue. I was covering um, stories about Republicans as well, um, and I covered a lot of corporate stories. I was covering side effects from prescription drugs. So I didn't know exactly what it would be except the sources that hinted to me the government was starting these distasteful practices and doing it more and more. These sources indicated it was because of my Fast and Furious reporting at the time, and we do know the intruders accessed those files specifically. And then I went on to cover Benghazi, which became another sensitive topic. So um, the forensics experts believe there were several stages to the monitoring. It went on for a long time. And, you know, the, st- the first stage is probably began around the time of Fast and Furious. Well, you know what, let's talk about Fast and Furious. And I'm looking at your website right now, and it's CherylAtkison.com. And, and that's a uh, A-T-T-K-I-S-S-O-N. Uh, you just published something regarding Fast and Furious, and you say the victim's family makes the case for the wall. So let's chat about that. And before we go to break, uh, actually, maybe we need to go to break, but one other thing I, I, I want to ask you, and that is is that I ha- have always found it really interesting when uh, Supreme Court Justice John Roberts um, ruled in favor of Obamacare. And as I'm hearing, this, you know, what happened to you and that, that there might have been surveillance on all kinds of different politicians, I, I, I wonder if somebody strong-armed him. Uh, do you have an opinion on that? Well, I think it's possible. I, I just think we can look at the evidence that's come out over the past couple of years. There has been no public evidence that President Trump, quote-unquote, conspired with Putin to win the election, but there's been a lot of evidence that's come out on what I call this secondary scandal about our intelligence community and alleged surveillance abuses in the secretive FISA court and otherwise with wiretaps. I mean, I know you have to go to break, but they wiretap poor Carter Page over and over and over. You're not supposed to do that lightly. That's supposed to be someone you have evidence that he's a foreign spy, and they never charged him. So they monitored the guy for over a year which means they got to monitor all his contacts and all of their contacts for over a year with unable to either produce charges or to find anything in the end. And I think that's pretty um, serious indication of potential abuse right there. Wow, that is terrifying. So, uh, Cheryl Atkinson, yes, let's go to break. When we come back, uh, I have Cassie George in studio with me. Uh, let's talk about this piece that you just published uh, yesterday regarding Fast and Furious, uh, Victim's Family Makes Case for the Wall. So this is Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks. We'll be right back. Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. Karen Levine believes in home ownership. As a Colorado representative to the National Board of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Since losing her mother to breast cancer, Karen Levine has helped organize a local fundraising event called Karen's for the Cure, raising money for breast cancer research. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. Social media is important to the AmeriChicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, we'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. 
Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. I'm just trying to be a father, raise a daughter and a son. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Dissecting issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, we have to have these conversations. Uh, offering a conservatarian perspective. Thrilled to have in studio with me a marvelous millennial. That is Cassie George. It's great having you here. Thank you. It's good to and be here. And we have on the line with us Cheryl Atkinson. Uh, you, uh, you know her. She is the host of Sinclair Sunday's TV program, Full Measure. Uh, she had been a CBS reporter, and the government had spied on her. She's hard-hitting. She's a woman of great courage. And uh, I tell you, Cheryl, we had you on, I, I don't know, a month or so ago, and, and people reached out. A lot of them had not totally understood your story, but they so thoroughly enjoyed the interview that that's why we wanted to get an update on what happened with the oral argument. So it sounds like you made the arguments, and now we're just waiting for the judge's decision on that, right? We are, and Thank you for your interest. I really appreciate that. It is, and it's sort of a complex story to tell. It's gone on for so many years. So I appreciate the viewer's interest or your listener's interest. Well, most definitely. So, hey, let's talk about this piece that you just published yesterday. Uh, it says, Fast and Furious Conviction, the victim's family makes the case for the wall. So uh, what what happened here? Well, you know, this case of Fast and Furious where the government secretly allowed thousands of weapons to fall into the hands of Mexican drug cartels, believe it or not, and tried to keep that secret once I started reporting on it. It led to many deaths, and we don't know all of the deaths, but we do know that two, um, several people that came across the border illegally in 2010 with a group of, they call it RIP teams, these illegal immigrants, criminals, that prey on other illegal immigrants who are crossing the border illegally, rob them and uh, do other things. Well, Border Patrol had a team patrolling to protect the good illegal immigrants from the bad illegal immigrants at the time, and they got ambushed by this RIT team. And Brian Terry, Border Patrol agent, was murdered by these criminals using guns that had been trafficked in the government's operation Fast and Furious. So many people think that made the government culpable, our own government. But they've been tracking down and trying people that were part of that group ever since. And one of these men was convicted just yesterday in Tucson, Arizona, first-degree murder for the killing of that Border Patrol agent. And the argument for the wall is the family is very pro-border you know, border security, and they issued a press release, as I mentioned in the story, that said they feel as though if, if there had been a wall and better security that Brian Terry would be alive today. Boy, that's really, it's really tragic to, to lose a loved one, but to, in this particular manner. And, and, you know, if we are, when lives are, are given in protection of, you know, citizens like this, I mean, it, it's always tragic. But I think that we have a responsibility to make sure that we're doing everything that we possibly can to keep our citizens safe. And uh, this whole border wall thing is, as Cassie and I were talking about it earlier in the show, uh, because it looks like President Trump is going to sign the deal that is going to be presented to him. Uh, doesn't have all the money that he wants, but I think I think 
there's something in there. I think he got Nancy Pelosi to go from zero to one point four billion approximately. And I think that that's success. But we have a responsibility as as citizens to support the people that have their lives on the front line there and try to make sure that they have the tools and and the protection that they need. And um, it's beyond me, Cheryl Atkinson, why um, the kind of the progressive activists on the the Democrat side of the aisle um, do not want to have a wall. What's your opinion on that? Well, I will say I see, I try to see both sides of a lot of arguments. I know a lot of people see the wall as ineffective and problematic. I know there's data that both sides can point to. But I will tell you from the standpoint of criminal aspects, I dug into this to see, is it true that we know illegal immigrants commit fewer crimes, more crimes, or what the facts are. And I found that stats gathered by, in fact, Obama officials under the Obama administration show a shocking number of crimes committed by illegal immigrants. And it shows that how many percentage-wise are filling our, pr- our prisons today, according to stats. And these are minimum numbers. They, they said they can't possibly capture all the numbers because some states don't report them. But the minimal numbers we know of show a disproportionately high number of inmates in our federal prisons and in our state and local prisons are illegal immigrants compared to legal citizens disproportionate to their presence in this country. And they have been, despite what you may hear, uh, charged with crimes thousands and thousands over a period of couple, just a couple of years of murders, rapes, terrorist crimes, and all kinds of serious felonies. And so when people say, gee, they don't commit crimes or they don't commit crimes at a larger rate, the actual factual statistics that I found um, show that there is a huge problem. And it's very costly as well to handle all of that criminal processing and to house them in our prisons as well. Yeah, Cassie, did you have a question? No, I I totally agree with what she's saying. And I think it's, you know, how do you... You know, tell the the parents, and there was actually a case where, I mean, of course, it didn't get much media coverage, but I guess they're called angel moms, or mm-hmm. um, they have a certain term where they are the moms of children that have been killed by illegal immigrants. And they went to Nancy Pelosi's office and asked to speak with her, and of course, she would not <coughs> speak with them. But, I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's like they forgot that this is our country, and how are you supposed to defend people from another country when they're hurting the people in your country? I mean, it's it's just very, very backwards. So, no, I agree with everything you're saying, Cheryl. Well, the aspect of not want whatever you want, may, perhaps you do think you want more immigrants to this country, you want to make it easier. I certainly don't think most people want to make it legal to come in illegally, per se. I mean, mm-hmm. even if you're an open borders person, I do discuss this with friends and colleagues, let's say you think everybody should be able to come to the U.S., it still comes back around having to have a process because everyone agrees we couldn't take in a billion people tomorrow and a billion people would probably want to come here. We don't have mm-hmm. jobs or the schools or the, or the money, so therefore we would have to establish an orderly process, which is what we've tried to do. Yeah. And you know, Which most developed that, countries have. There's an orderly process, I, I, but also they turn people away. It's not uncommon for so, yeah. you to get turned away from leaving your country and going into another. And I, I think that's what people don't understand. Well, one irony I was thinking of is a friend of mine told me that they lost, they had someone they were traveling with who lost their passport mm. when they were traveling, and they couldn't get back in the U.S. So it's yeah. hard for an American citizen <laughs> yeah. with a passport on record to get into our country. And yet it's easier in some respects, in some places, for 
people to come in illegally. Well, well, this is, uh, you know, this is so interesting regarding this Fast and Furious. And I kind of forgotten that you were one of those uh, reporters that was on this early. Uh, and then very quickly, Benghazi, um, you, you were on that as well. What's, what would you tell our listeners about Benghazi? Well, that we'll never know a lot of what happened because, for example, photographs taken the night um, at the White House, which would show what the president was doing. Um, that sort of thing were never turned over. I believe they've probably been destroyed by now. I, I've been asking for those for years. We'll never have the complete answers, but we, what we do know and did establish by the facts was that the government immediately knew it was a terrorist attack. And instead of allowing forces that were in the area to move there to attempt a rescue, they turned them back, despite what you'll hear that that wasn't true. That was all well documented in the end. Um, and, you know, they misled the American public on purpose in many different ways over months while discussing the terrorist nature of the attack internally, were telling us that it either wasn't or that they didn't know. So that was a huge scandal, and I suppose in the end they did that because we were right up against um, the, 2000, the 2012 election, and for some reason they decided that would be really bad for them if the public knew the truth. I, I think, actually, the public could have processed the truth, and it was worse to pretend that it was something other than what it was. Okay, and just a quick question on pictures. I do remember seeing a picture uh, of Obama, Hillary Clinton, I don't know who else was, but, you know, maybe 10 or 12 people in, uh, like, a situation room, you know, intently listening to what was going on. Um, is that the kind of pictures that you think have been destroyed now, or, or what pictures are you talking about? Well, you're probably thinking of when they were raiding the Osama bin Laden compound, they were all in the... Um situation room. Okay, okay. There are no pictures that night of Benghazi. There would have been pictures taken that night. So those pictures existed at one point in time. Everything the president does is documented or everything that's going on. They take hundreds, if not thousands of pictures and, and then release a few. None were released that night. We don't know what the president was doing. They said he was in bed, which would be very strange. Um, I believe that pictures which would tell a different story or would tell us what happened and to this day, they won't release them. Wow. So uh, just a um, minute left. Cheryl Atkinson, your website is CherylAtkinson.com, and that's A-T-T-K-I-S-S-O-N.com. There's all kinds of great information there. Your books are, your mo- latest one is Smear, and uh, the previous one was Stonewalled. And uh, what are you working on right now? Can you tell us in a minute or, or less? Yes, this weekend on Full Measure, which you can catch online if you don't have a station, fullmeasure.news. You can catch replays. I'm doing the surveillance scandal, meaning not the Russia part of the story, but the alleged abuses by our intelligence communities. So there will be an investigation on that this week. Oh, my gosh. You are doing such amazing work. Cheryl Atkinson, thank you so much for joining the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Thanks. Thanks for bearing with my losing voice. Well, thank th- thanks Appreciate for it. doing that. We understand early morning voices. We get that. So, <laughs> so have a great day. So, Cassie you George, too. thank you so much. Will you do this again with me? Thank you. I would love to. This has been really fun. Okay. And it's not that bad. It's not, you know, the early morning. It's not as it's bad not as, as bad Steve as said it was no. going to be, huh? No, it's not. And you get a great view. Out, you know, we're looking at the mountains. So. Well, that's for sure. The good Lord is showing off on that one. That's for sure. Steve, what do you think? I don't know why you're always bringing me into this on the negative side of it. I mean, I, I, and she's, you know, she volunteered this, that she's normally up at this time of day anyway. She goes to the gym. 
Yeah, I did say that. I'm usually at the gym. Well, that's good. Well, you know, for sure, I'd love to have you back at least once a month if you're up for that. Yeah, no, I'd love to. So thanks, Cassie George. Greatly appreciate that. We thought we were going to talk a lot about the New Green Deal and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, and um, ended up, we had all kinds of other things to chat about. So, But my quote was Winston Churchill, or is Winston Churchill, regarding socialism. He said, socialism is the philosophy of failure. The greed of ignorance, the gospel of envy, its inherent virtue is the equal sharing of misery. So today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson with the AmeriChick signing off. God bless you, and God bless America. Cry, but tell them 